0: Not politically correct, what is going down? It's the homie TS aka C Nova. You know, I gotcha aka Hook, aka Mexican Raiden, aka ETE, aka The Wonton Don a.k.a. Quentin Quarantino, and
1: you can find me on Twitter at Cnova KPZ. McCoy was good in the hood, bro. I was going down by you? <laughs> you dig? It's your boy McCoy, a.k.a. Mr. What It Do, a.k.a. Young Splash God, a.k.a. No Cap Charlie, a.k.a. Smooth Job Johnny, a.k.a. Doped Up Danny, a.k.a. FBI Mike, a.k.a. a new one. Shout out to my homegirl, Brittany, you feel me? A new one, Hip Hop Harry, a.k.a. <laughs> hallway Jones because ringtones and bitches and things of that nature, you feel me? Oh, and you can also find me at Rimacoy KPZ on Twitter uh, and not on Instagram, but it's there. And then you can also find me on Snapchat at Rimacoy Rebel. You did? Happy Saturday.
2: <laughs> Happy Saturday. Hi, it's Cody. AKA <laughs> <A>. Mr. Motherfucking <laughs> Renan <laughs> Air Now.
3: Mr. Motherfucking <laughs> Now.
2: <laughs> Here uh, Present Bernie
3: Bernie, Bernie. <laughs> All right Bernie and Sanders <laughs> 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 That's funny <laughs> Russ the bus That's it No, I'm just playing um, Russ the <laughs> Barman, A.k.a. Teddy Russ A.k.a. Smooth Fingers A.k.a. AK Universal A.k.a. School Q A.k.a. The Presenter A.k.a. Rust the Bus <laughs> <sighs> and you can find me on the Chatties of Snaps as Chatties Snapchaties. Um. And then on uh, IG, CandyConfidty. And C A N C I D underscore C E P I D I T Y. Oh. Are you pretty? Um. <laughs> so. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, so we also would like to let you guys know that we have a Mellow Facebook C T Y.
3: Joe to C T Y. yeah.
1: <laughs> Baby I. Um, so we have a Facebook group, not politically correct podcast. You guys can, you know, join that group and be a part of all the immature conversations we are probably gonna have. Uh you can get you can actually like our page, which will help us in some algorithm, the algori- yeah uh, or some algorithm. Uh, you know the word I'm trying to say, some form of math at our page is NPC podcast. So go ahead and like that and get the algorithm. Algorithm? Why can I say algorithm today? To so boost us up and all that good shit. Uh, Twitter, we are okay. on not PC podcast, so you should go ahead and follow us on there, uh, so you can get a couple of good tweets in. And we're on SoundCloud, we're on the podcast app, we're on Spotify, we're on Spreaker, we're on Google Play. Anything that you can listen to shit on, we are there. So just go ahead. Type in "not politically correct podcast." Find us, like us, uh, leave us a review. Tell us how good we are, how bad we are. Either way, we're gonna do what we do, but we like to hear it. Okay, thank you. Happy (laughs) Saturday. (laughs) You got other
2: Rainbow. (laughs) I just want
1: to listen. I want to say this: I am not high today. That is now that the fact that this is a happy Saturday and I am not it's high. 10 in I'm, the morning. I am. That means nothing. That means that means absolutely nothing. And as one of my best friends, I am disappointed in mean, you, Cody. That you would think that 10, 18 a.m. would stop. You we gonna have, have a conversation no, about you this?
2: You said you said today, but I mean like. Oh no like, no no! no. The well, they just started. Well, Half hour okay. later, we're gonna hear some vacuuming sounds like. Oh <laughs> God, damn, Cody. <laughs> Okay, never
1: be. Okay, I feel it. Okay. Spiggy, spiggy sports. Doesn't...
2: It has been felt. Um, <laughs> the Rock buys the XFL for $15 million. <laughs>
3: which I'm kind of Sorry.
2: Surprised that it was that cheap. Like a whole league for $15 million?
3: If he bought it for the millions. <laughs> the millions. <laughs> Swear to God.
1: <laughs> oh, God.
0: But NFL, like. First string uh, players, a lot of aren't there um, salaries and contracts around the millions of dollars. So he just two of those quarterbacks on the NFL are worth the whole XFL.
2: Yeah, I don't I mean, know what they get paid the XFL players, but it it's got to be really bad. Now we could have a good research thing. Hey, TS, you could get people and uh, do a comparison <laughs> between XFL players and WNBA players and see who's got it worse. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Probably the WNBA players,
1: low-key.
2: High-key. And LFL, lingerie football league. I, what they I
1: love be. that. I love that league of players. Just so <laughs> who's, who's your favorite player? The, um... <laughs> that one. Like, ah. the, one fire. the one... The yeah, one... Fire. The one who catches yeah. <laughs> the one who catches the ball <laughs> and runs
2: into the end zone—it's amazing. Jeez, oh, really good at that. <clears throat> cool. Well, yeah, the Oakland A's bench coach, <laughs> Ryan Christensen, um, there's a video I saw on Twitter was giving the Nazi salute on live television. He did it, and it was during a game. Um, he did it more than once, yet he blamed it on COVID and said it was unintentional. Wait, he blamed it on COVID. I don't know how you can blame that on COVID. He don't know how you I can blame it on COVID. The fuck? <laughs> I don't know if it was, like, a sanitary thing because someone, like, stopped him and they, like, uh like bend your elbow and then they were, like, touching elbows instead. But, like, instead of, like, high-fiving cause that's what they're all going for. But it's, it does not make sense. And he, like they say, he did it more than once. And he even, you see him laughing about it and then doing it again. Uh, the question is, and I doubt it's this is going to be true, it's, is, he, is he going to get the same... Um, backlash that Deshaun Jackson or Nick Cannon had. I doubt it. <laughs> of course Jeez. not. Right.
1: Of course not, because, I mean, okay, well, obviously it's all... astonishing to see. Obviously all, you know, like, all white people aren't obviously Jewish. Clearly, I know that. But that's kind of like... It's kind of like if a black person made fun of somebody from Africa. Does that make sense? Like, him... Making fun of it is anti Semitic, but it's not like if a different person of a different not the
2: it, thing is, I feel like the not Nazi, Nazi Germans like they it was heavily concentrated, no pun intended, on Jews, <laughs> but like I'm sorry. they did not. i <laughs> it was definitely not... not no pun intended. I promise, but um, <laughs> oh god, can you cut it? <laughs> no, nah, don't cut it out, but uh, continue. <laughs> Just burn it up. No, oh, God. Up. <laughs> um, but, I mean, they, it was like, you have to be white, blonde hair, blue white. So it's like, if you were anything other than that, you were discriminated against, too. So it's like, Fuck it's it. not just like he was doing that, like, and Jews are going to feel bad. Like, I think everyone should feel bad. <laughs> right, yeah, no, nah, for
1: sure, for yeah, sure. well,
0: that's a serious thing in Germany. Germany, it's like, I think every other country, aside from the U.S., will take shit serious. Germany, if you caught doing a Nazi salute or anything like that, you are thrown in jail That's really? not yep. yeah, they they don't so they don't want that
1: name on them anymore, <laughs> yeah, I mean, after you kind of like helped to facilitate two world wars, you kind of you got a back you got a back pedal, so I feel that I feel that um if only if only America could do something about the slavery thing that they yeah I feel it anywho uh <laughs> but no, I feel it. No, that's, that That makes all the sense, though, and I think it's um, good that you have a country that knows its place in history and knows what needs to be corrected. That's important, um, so... Yeah, they,
0: they do not fuck around about that stuff. Even having um, German friends and stuff, they don't joke about the Nazi history. That's not something that you joke about. They don't yeah. joke about being Nazis. They don't use that word, like... That is something in history that they're trying to just... They probably accept as their history. I don't know, because I didn't grow up in a German school, but they probably accept that shit as history, but they refuse to let anybody in the present think that it's okay to continue to promote.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure, because, I mean, think about the—think about it as, as what it is. It's all fun and games until the shit pop. You know what I'm saying? It's all fun and games when you have a motherfucker just out there saying shit and doing reckless shit until you know they're fucking putting people inside of concentration camps and ovens and shit like that's not I mean okay I'm not you know what I mean so yes that is good I am very happy that you ha- that we have a set of uh, smart invested humans who are thinking about I mean it took two world wars but they're thinking about the growth and like the, pro- the progression you don't that shit you can't play about you know so yes I am Good shout out Germany, and then we got a German listener. I feel like we have, I feel like we have one of those, or maybe it was Italy. Either way, Charles, um, Charles. Charles, Sweden, <laughs> Charles. nice, that's close enough. Sweden is close enough.
2: Charles, <laughs> Ch- <laughs> Chuck D, um, T.J. Warren for the Indiana Pacers, first three games in the quote unquote bubble, scored. The first game was 53 points. Ooh. Second game, I mean, he's got, like, four rebound balls. I don't know if they're all those stats, but second game was 34 points. Third game was 32 points. Um, like, he's doing – I forget what the fourth game was, too, because that was even after I saw these stats. But I'm like, I don't even know who this guy is. Maybe – I don't know if I should, but, like, dang. Like, how do we – he's putting up numbers. The whole
1: the whole uh, in a uh, NBA in the bubble thing is – definitely like it's weird because I've watched the Bucks lose some shit that I didn't think that they were going to lose. Um yeah. I've watched also the Bucks just not be the Bucks like and I'm not I'm not Milwaukee Sports. <laughs> I'm not really I'm not really watching shit like the way I usually, you know what I'm saying? Like watch shit, but um it definitely it definitely don't it you could tell that there was a pause in the season and we just kind of like finishing up some random shit we like just kind of clean it. it feels like you know how at the end of the, uh, school summer- so you got senioritis <laughs> right 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 or some sh- or or like the, you know the, the when the summer when the summer even like middle school you know in the summertime come you got clean out your desk and y'all not really doing shit that last week but it's just necessary that y'all finish this up <laughs> finish this up that's what the nba Bruh, feel, like- feels like right now it feels like that last week of middle school seventh eighth grade you know you're going to be going for the summer, you're just cleaning out your desk because you, it's necessary that the school get right type of shit. You
2: know what I'm saying? I don't think I Bucks. can agree with that. You said Any um, of
0: these games?
2: Yeah. I don't think I can agree with that statement. Um, I feel like the Bucks should be playing a lot better than they are, and they're not really giving that their all. Their first game was great, and then they kind of struggled and then came back. But, like, they, as far as the rest of the league, though, they they, I think they realize that we only have eight games to do our best, and then it's playoffs and then championship. It sucks that we had this like break, you know. But yeah, um, there's some players that are like showing some dominance. Some players that you wouldn't even have thought, right? Like this guy, right? Like Union. this dude, <laughs> <laughs> like this motherfucker that was
1: bench player. TJ Walla Walla <laughs> Now, aren't we missing? We're missing um
2: some. Uh, we're missing uh, Eric Bledsoe, right? Yeah. Um, I think he, I thought he started last night, or not last night, two nights ago. I could be wrong. I'm trying to look at my, all my ESPN notifications that were saved up. Yeah, uh, Sunday, Eric Blitzo and Pat Connaughton. Now, okay, wow, well, I really need to go through my notifications. Uh, but yeah, and it was Pat Connaughton was the other one. Shaq was actually spotted during a Bucks heat game in the virtual crowd and he was just being silly and goofy. So that was pretty entertaining to see. Um, so yay Shaq for attending that. Um, <laughs> even though he played for the heats at one time, so he might've been room for them. I don't know. He's in suit and tie. Um, we can go boo Kevin Durant because on the, uh, Clippers, uh, Bucks finals prediction, he said that he would go with the Clippers. So
0: boo, boo.
2: Um, and then LeBron says um, about Trump saying that he doesn't want to watch anymore because of what they're all doing, you know, supporting black people, whatever. <laughs> LeBron James wow. says basketball. Right. Yeah. <laughs> LeBron James' community won't be sad about losing President Trump's viewership after his comments on kneeling. This so, nigga yeah. Trump said he didn't want to watch no
1: more basketball because they were doing the Black Lives Matter shit? What a, <laughs> yep. what a fucking fag, bro. What a fag ass
3: like nigga, Just like the NFL. Just like the NFL.
2: He's like, yeah, sports. I can't wait for sports. And then one thing happens, like, and he's like, yeah, I don't want to watch. This. Yeah. Yo, so did <laughs> yeah, we talk
3: about that impression. one coach who said he was doing a tribute to was it was it Dicker or somebody? Are uh, you serious?
2: I, mean, I, I saw the, Mike Dicka and he went senile crazy. Wait, like, I'm, who's, who's,
3: who's yeah? i it, it, it was. He was
2: the coach for the Bears in like the eighties. Yeah, yeah, the Bears. Is he important? Yeah.
3: The coach was saying um, he was going to do a tribute to Mike Ditka and any players that were found kneeling. He was going to fire the bastards. I think that's what Cody said. I'm like, for real? Like, we still doing this? Everybody should kneel.
1: Everybody on the team should kneel. Every single person on the team should kneel. Right. Every single person on the team should fucking kneel. But, of course, they're not going to have that solidarity. But. Well, it's
3: funny. I mean, uh, if a a nephew do it, you know. Right.
2: (laughs) All the star Ever in the NBA, I think really is there was a few days ago that there was one guy and I forget his name, a player that uh was actually standing.
1: Oh, the guy from the Magic, yeah. and then he broke it, and then his knee like was like
2: got fucked up that same game. Really, so my, <laughs> I didn't know that. It was all on the. the I, I was I was curious to like, that though, but I was like the black was... guy
3: or the white guy. The black guy. I was a white guy who stood um, during one of the games, and it was because he was like, you know, I don't disagree with the white life, the Black Lives Matter thing. It was just that um, he was to tribute to his, his family in the military, yeah.
1: Yeah, I saw yeah. that. The, not him, yeah. not him. It was another yeah. player. But was, I know you're talking about the other, the, the, the black, yeah, I yeah, know you're talking about, yeah. And that's hilarious. Cause, dude, tw- Immediately, I was cracking up. Dude, the black, the, the black, the black Twitter, if you will, they were, like, on his ass because it was, like, the ancestors didn't find that funny.
2: <laughs> Yo, <Lata laughs> <De Niro>. <laughs> that's <laughs> shit hilarious. Oh, man. And I was listening to his uh, like press conference about it, and it—I was just, like trying to have an open mind, but it did not make any sense.
3: Like,
1: yeah, they—they they, motherfuckers, motherfuckers who hate to support Black Lives Matter, all the shit—that shit never make no goddamn sense because mm-hmm. they like. And the
2: beat, the beat <laughs> goes on, and his knee does not. So, <laughs> uh, the uh, so <laughs> within the past like week and a half or so. J. Cole has been trying to practice to get a NBA team to, like, watch him play and, like, consider him. And the Charlotte Hornets are considering sending him to a 10-day contract. And, actually, if you see videos of him, like, he is actually really good at shooting. Really? Yeah. That... And it's all, I don't know, like, what hand um, Master P has into this, too, but he's, like, pretty involved.
1: Well, that's because, you know, Master Pete, Master Pete actually played, played on their, pr- yeah. pra- I think, not practice squad, but like, he had like the same, the similar thing in the, night. My, first of all, I just want to say this real, cool, real, real, I know the same music, real, real quick, while we talk about Master P. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker, I've heard this, and I've heard this said so many times, and I just want to reiterate this, this motherfucker is a black man's dream, he's had every ideal career, stereotypical career, that every black man wants, <laughs> this nigga's been a drug dealer, a motherfucking <laughs> rapper, a motherfucking NBA player, and now is a fucking uh, music mogul. This nigga is every black man's ideal here, <laughs> like ideal hero. This nigga is everything I've ever thought about being in life. Like, sorry, go ahead, that's P
2: Jacob. And speaking <laughs> of music,
0: <laughs>
2: oh, yeah, thinking about
0: what Master P did, because he did do sports and he did music, but there are people that... I mean, he wasn't that recognized for sports because he was just on the training squad. It'd be like recognizing Michael Jordan for doing baseball.
2: I <laughs> heard oh, you that baseball player.
0: Right, or... He was like, with
2: the shoes that one time. Recognizing yeah.
0: Kobe or Shaq for their rap careers. Although, Shaq actually did something... <laughs> like,
2: what happened there? Was there a duck?
0: Yeah, vacuum. <laughs> you look, I thought that was, I thought that was Cody making a noise because I said something bad about Kobe. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was closing
2: the door. Oh, shit. I got the squeaky. I'm TS for talking stuff about Kobe. <laughs> um. So, are we on the music yet? Yeah,
1: that's... T- I got it. I, okay.
2: I didn't even have to say transition this time. I was, it was a perfect transition. Okay, well now you can do your editing job and so chop it cool. up and make it, make it right. No, j- chopping. Slap chop. Ninja chop. Whatever that Infomercial.
1: Drop top. I like my beat down. <laughs> Speaking of TI, music. So, I today <laughs> want to talk about this is going to be a really, really random topic but I was just thinking about this um, the last few weeks and I'm just thinking about record sales and do they impact or reflect how we view an artist or how we view an artist's contribution so basically um i forgot exactly what it was that got me thinking about this i think it actually was the um was the freddie gibbs album and uh, Freddie Gibbs album and um, the the album for me that's like album of the year which is a written testimony by uh, Jay Electronica those albums didn't really you know didn't really do a lot of numbers first week we didn't hear much about Jay Electronica I don't even know where that man opened first week but it wasn't it wasn't very you know he didn't break no records or no shit like that which, which is weird to me because I, I really thought like him being him and us waiting on him as long as we fucking did that he would do a little bit you know he would do some damage um alfredo is alfredo is uh Freddie Gibbs best opening week he did thirty five thousand copies, which for him as a you know independent artist or you know more like low key artist is really it's good it's good for the first week um but they got me to thinking like you know I find these albums to be amazing um a lot of people, especially the the Freddie Gibbs album, like a lot of people have reviewed it to be very positive. A lot of people have reviewed a lot of Freddie Gibbs stuff to be amazing. But, a lot and I know and I know a lot of hip hop heads, you know, via the internet and Twitter and shit like that, that really fuck with Dog, that really that actually rap and said that they've been listening to Dog, you know, this past decade and you know he's one of their favorites, things like that. And so I know that he impacts hip hop, but. The record sales don't reflect that And then you have artists who sell lots of records and you, you would assume that the impact I mean I mean especially if it's a pop artist, you're gonna assume that the impact is there but is it really is, is it really there or are we drawn into the fact that they sold so many records? And I really what, I'm, what where I'm going with this is artistic greatness of an album. So for example, we have somebody i think a good example of this just taking it taking it you know far back we're going to start here alvis presley okay if you if, if you know me you know i am not a fan of dog <laughs> if you've been my friend you've probably heard me call him um a thief um potential racist um, a lot of things that one might call a guy who stole um a lot of shit from black people and um what so my my let me let me take this back a little bit. My dad and t- so this is this particular story is going is coming directly from my dad when he was a child. And children, you know, remember things differently than they might have happened. So I don't like to do too much um put too much critical history on this pretend potential thing um as the deciding factor but it definitely was one of the first things i was like oh i don't like this guy so my dad said um he was watching like a late night show or something when he was a kid he was a young kid um old i think he was older than five older than five but like you know no no more than 11 or whatever he was like between five and ten type shit and he was like elvis Basically, said some shit like, "It
3: don't work for niggas?
1: You said you said what?
3: It don't work for niggas?
1: Oh, I didn't hear that. I didn't. I didn't even. If that. If that's another true thing, I hate him more. But um, mm-hmm. but my dad said what he said. They asked him a question about black people or some shit, and he, you know, now this man was coked co- up, like cooped towards the end of his career, which is where my dad would have probably been found, and it's like late. Still, have been like a late '60s type of thing, and he said. Mm-hmm. The only and my dad I told this story to me twice, to, like no more than twice.
3: Like was it the, was it the only thing a nigga can do with size shoes or something? Yes, like that? yes, yes. Yeah, that, yeah, he said that. He said that. That's Fuck. It. Okay. First of all, yeah. thank me. My grandfather
1: told me that. <laughs> oh my. Okay. First of all, I just want to uh, moments moments are being had right now here on NPC. For years, I couldn't find this clip because I, I didn't. My dad never said, said to me. I got I got into this with my ex girlfriend. She was like, Why do you think? He's racist just because your dad might not. I was like, shut up, bitch. My dad said it. I know he's right.
2: <laughs> my dad. <laughs> like, listen, man,
1: listen. The fact Russell, yeah, did, you, it, Russell did you tell you got... her
2: that your dad could beat up her head I, I might have shit. But... <laughs> <laughs> but...
3: The quote either goes, but it's in, in the same vein. It either goes. The only thing that a nigga can do is either shine my shoes or tie my shoes. He said. My dad said. Um, my dad said, shine the... my shoes. Yep. He's yeah, a... it was. It was one of those. Wow. Yeah, there's another one um, in a uh, John Wayne who was also racist. Oh, I'm getting heated. People. I'm
1: getting heated, but I'm happy because I was Man not John Wayne. Home. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, mean, heard
2: I about guess I, I can't be so surprised, but like I'd never yeah. heard that. So, well.
3: Yeah. It is. It, it, it broke my grandfather's heart because he was a huge fan of him, and so when he like heard <laughs> and like it was like an interview or like a uh, uh, editorial where he was kind of just came out and said, "You know, I don't really like with black people like that." Um that it just really broke his heart. So yeah, it was a couple of entertainers who were impactful in their in their time who really were, you know, against the cause, I guess we can call it, but were really um racist towards black people. And you can say you know it was a sign of the times, but um change and innovation I don't think has a time. So.
1: Exactly, yep. Exactly. and here's a, here's the thing, here's the thing about fuck that sign of the times statement. Alvis, you're you are a he was oh my god I'm having a lot a lot of shits going on in my head right now because I could never confirm but now that I have another human who can actually that's not my dad um not that I don't trust my dad's uh, uh, what he said I did I've always held that which is why I was like oh no fuck that the reason I have so much issues with that is because everything you did nigga came from black you stole that shit you were Mm -hmm. a poor you weren't even a a affluent like white but you were a poor white person nigga out of Memphis and. It was poor black people being your friend, motherfucker, that allowed you to get the shit that you needed to come into our world and steal it, faggot ass nigga. So that 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 right. that, <laughs> that is why that that is why we talk about record sales. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go back to on topic because I could just rant about Elvis for the next like twenty minutes, and not, I don't want to do that.
3: Um, yeah, or Elvis, you know, not oh. Elvis and the Chipmunks. Uh, Wait, you know, I was thinking
2: you know. Elvis Dumbledore or something. <laughs> <laughs> I guess definitely e, man. Fuck y'all. I'm
1: gonna get fuck y'all. I'm gonna get his name him. right. He was racist. <laughs> fuck him. Um, anywho, that motherfucker sold records. Um, Who? and we all <laughs> the Chipmunks. Um, <laughs> um, um that one sold records, right? And I think so. They so he sold records to the point where people have called him the king of rock and roll. His record sales impact what we think he did artistically, what we think he as a entertainer did. But here's the thing. We know, if you know the history of race records and how the music industry worked, a lot of those songs were, and a lot of of artists covered artists. Covers were a lot bigger back then. Um, Nowadays, it's more so sampling, but covers were big. You know, you would have an artist do a record and the next year, another artist did that same record. Um, what is it? Uh Heard It Through the Grapevine was recorded by um Marvin Gaye, but it was also recorded by Glass Knight in the Piff first and didn't work as a record. It was a lot like it was a different type of record, I think, tempo and shit wise, and um when he sung it it became, you know, one of his biggest hits. Anywho, Alvis Elvis Dog sold a lot of records and no. so people 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 give what he d what he did artistically, um A heavier weight. And that is an issue for me because you know it wasn't really him. He was black people writing these records. It was a black Mm -hmm. style he was taking um, and getting credit for. He wasn't even doing it the best, but because he was the one in front of people selling the records, it seems like his gift to the world was much more massive than the people that were in the background actually playing the music, giving them the rhythm, teaching them how to do this. You know what I'm saying? Giving them the style and the flavor and the lingo to kick the shit he was kicking to people. But we give him artistic um, weight and call the shit that he's done classic. And that right. is why um, record sales, to me, can cause one to put more, put more artistic value to something. Another, another uh, person, we gonna, we gonna switch gears a little bit, another person, another example of this, uh, Taylor Swift. Now, I've heard Taylor Swift music. I've never sat down and listened to a full Taylor Swift album, so I won't give you that lie. I have listened to Taylor Swift songs. Um, 1989, that was nice. Yeah, 1989, which was it was a good Okay, we're going to talk about that. Taylor Swift is one of the biggest selling artists of the last decade. She's up there with Drake. She's up there with uh, Adele. Um, she's one of the most awarded artists of the last decade. And she is the first solo woman artist to win album of the year twice twice with fearless in 2010 and then in um 1989 in the 2016 um grammys now another i'm not saying taylor swift is a bad bad artist i'm not gonna say that um i do i do think that There's a few times where Kanye, she's interacted with Kanye West, in which Kanye was right. But that's not that's <laughs> neither here nor there. Um, I'm thinking about, in particular, I won't go on the fearless, but I'm thinking about the album 1989, which came out October 14th in, or excuse me, October of 2014. Okay? So not 1989. 1989, right. So October October of 2014, she dropped um, 1989. Now, that would have put her in the running to be nominated for Grammys in 2016, for the 2016 Grammys. Um, about six months later, another album came out. A very important album came out, March of 2015. To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. Okay. Mm. Now this album this album if you look look it up is one of the best critically reviewed albums of the last decade. Not just in hip hop, it in terms of critical or um review from critics it is one of the highest best reviewed albums. Of the last 10 years. It did not sell as much as 1989. But people would tell you, impact-wise, from the beginning, there are certain things that you know people are holding with them. From the beginning, people will tell you, critics alike, and fans will tell you that that album, in terms of content, in terms of creativity, all that shit. Is likely more heavier than 1989. Now again, I am not I am not going off my review of 1989 because I never heard it. Even TSU just said it was a great uh, album. I'm going off the M- the impact Pimple B- to Pimper Butterfly had on not just rap. I'm not it's it's past it's past rap because it just wasn't a rap album that had a funk and jazz feel to it. It had musicians like, Yeah, this is the it had other musicians saying, Yeah, this shit is crazy. Nineteen eighty nine went on the win album of the year. Now, I'm pretty sure 1989 also sold, sold more than Kendrick that year. Impact-wise, does that change the way we view years from now Taylor Swift in comparison to other artists? Do, do we are we now giving that because of the sales and shit more recognition than to Pippa Butterfly may get? That's a that's a. That's a question. Now, now here's where this, uh, this whole segment today about music is, is more me just kind of mulling through ideas because To Butterfly did critically beat Taylor Swift that year. But Taylor Swift sold more and caught more accolades. So I'm wondering, what does that mean? What is her album going to reflect 10 years from now? What is *1999* going to look like 10 years from now compared to To Pimper Butterfly? You know, okay, so picture Stevie Wonder. So,
0: I don't think 1989 is going to be remembered 10 years from now. There are going to be people that, there, the fans will remember, just like we will remember um, Eminem's catalog. Yeah,
1: we're going to talk about because that Because we're fans. Right, yeah.
0: But then stuff that, like, um, To Pimp a Butterfly, that might stand the test of time because of the stories that are going to be told about it and how it, quote-unquote, impacted the industry. Or how it was, uh, I don't want to say a pivot for Kendrick, but like Cody had mentioned, it it made him. Um, it gave him the ability to just be different, and now what, people. I want. Okay. Well, uh, Kendrick or Jay Z had said, "Well, now you didn't broke yourself don't, out of the box or something like that. Yeah, nice, whatever you want."
1: Yeah, Jay-Z, Jay-Z told Kendrick, basically Jay-Z was the one, Kendrick was like chopping it up with Jay-Z right before he dropped it and said, like, I have an album that I'm kind of, afraid. Kendrick was a little bit afraid to release it because he was like, it's going to be, be different, different shit. And Jay-Z was like, yeah, drop it because then they, then they can't put you in the mold. Now, when you drop it now, early on in your career, you can do whatever you want going for it.
3: Right, but yeah. I, I think that's indi- I think that's individual impact, though. I think I need to really define what you mean by impact. Because are we talking about what impacted uh, how records are sold? Are we talking about how uh, records are reviewed? Are you talking about how it impacted the industry and changed how the industry looked at things? Because what you're talking about now is just individual impacts, like how that impacted right. that individual and how it changed their sound or how it changed the direction that they went into. But let's say, like, we go to um, Soulja Boy and how his impact changed how music is... Um, yeah is yeah. really uh, looked at and, and, and really produced and shown now that uh, we have more people doing it online and, and using YouTube and, and, and things of that nature at that time um, or that's, that, and that's what I' yeah. I think when, when you talk about impact, how it actually impacted the actual industry or how things have changed because of a certain album, not necessarily um, who had the most record sales because right. I don't think that really defines impact. See,
1: I'm I'm wondering. I'm really, really when I when I credit this topic, and I can't. And here's here's the here's the, the funniest part about all of this. Um, I think it was I was going over. I've been listening to a lot. Oh my god, a lot of Nas the last three weeks, man. It like it's it fucking insane how much. Like I'll turn on two records, listen to some like one record of Young Thug. Somebody just sent me another record. I'm listening to that, and then I put on a Nas album. Like I've been like really. Side note, I really think he's like top three best rappers of all time. But that has nothing to do with this conversation. The, the, the <laughs> The, um, I was just thinking about classics and how we define classic what we say about classics and like what, like how things are artistically looked at because there's a lot of shit that um people look at that they're like that didn't sell and because of that it don't get the recognition but it has a cult following or some shit like that so when I, when I was mm-hmm. saying impact I'm just looking at how we say it critically um how good it critically is for an artist um Nas got me to think about it, but Nas is so out of the box because there are things Nas, Nas is, some of his best works didn't sell they were good, they sold, but they didn't sell like we wanted, like Illmatic and this is another part of the conversation I was going to go on which may counter my own argument is that Illmatic and Reasonable Doubt sold like shit when they first came out in 94 and 96 respectively um, sold like shit people called them flops but you can't deny... It. But 20, 15 years later, people talk about Illmatic and you, and they say, and people were always talking about Illmatic like it was good, but it was just like, it's a flop. But I, I read a review about Illmatic 15, 20, almost 20 years later where they said, if you were to... If the world was to end now and we have to restart civilization, and somebody found a copy of Illmatic, you could rebuild rap with that one album. You don't need nothing else. You could rebuild the foundation of rap, and we could all start rapping again from that. That is an amazing accolade. So I just think, when I'm talking about impact, I'm talking about artistic credit we give to certain things. I wonder if record sales help us to say things are better than they really are. For Okay, for example, two albums I, I really want to talk about from two of my favorite artists, Eminem and Lupe. So Eminem dropped um, Recovery in 2010, and so did um, also in 2010, um, Lupe dropped Lasers. Now, we know as fans those I think, here's I don't know if I want to say as fans because maybe it's a more personal thing for Recovery. I find that to be one of the most annoying and worst Eminem albums of the of his whole catalog. That's definitely down. That's on his bottom two, to me. And this is from a diehard Eminem fan. This is one of those. I'm a hip hop head that gotta go up against other black hip hop heads because I'm like Eminem top, and they're like, "Oh, you the fucking white boy." Yeah. So I don't find that to be a good album at all. At all. It's like a fucking. It's like a Queen album. It's like a fucking anthematic, like a super stadium heavy fucking. Uh. Hip hop beats and I'm like this shit is fucking cheesy as shit, dog. About like overcoming drug. I'm like, I mean, I get it. We need to be, you know, hey, I'm positive and shit. But that shit was fucking horrible. <laughs> but it's it's it it brought Eminem back to a standard of selling, and it was like one of the best selling albums of the year. And artistically, I think it get we because it sold so much and was so held to such a high standard commercially. I think people give it. A lot of credit artists, they call it one, they people call that one of his best albums. I'm like, what are you listening to? What are you listening Wait, to? Which album? Re- just, just making sure that I heard you correct. Re- which
0: album
1: are they say is the Le- best? Re- there's a lot of people that say there's a lot of people that say recovery is one of his best albums because he grew up on it and he did this 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 like change where it wasn't just crazy Eminem doing shock rap.
0: Just making sure that I heard you say Recov- it right the
1: first time. Reco- Re- oh, recovery. recovery, the one with fucking, uh, okay. fucking, I'm not afraid on it and that sh- shitty all that shit. <sighs> all right, all right.
3: Yes, <laughs> yes.
1: That fuck it. well. First of all, I'm not afraid. Beat out fucking Kanye West's power for be like best rap song or some shit that year. Fuck, no, fuck oh, that. All Did, right. But do you so- see? What, do you see what I'm saying? This is what I'm talking <laughs> about.
0: New discussion.
1: This this, is what TS. You see why I be getting pissed though. This is what I'm talking about. That out. It. I'm saying, bro. Listen, (laughs) listen, bro. Listen, man. Listen. I think things sell, and we give them more artistic credit than it needs to be. Lasers by Lasers by Lupe Fiasco, one of his best selling albums, and opened at number one. It was crazy. It was good. That was a good year for him.
0: Lasers was way better than Recovery
1: oh yeah yeah no no yeah no listen yes it was but what i'm saying is for loop Lu- for lupe fiasco quality album this man made the cool this man made food and liquor this man made food and liquor too which was amazing by the way people don't even give that they don't even give that album credit because it didn't sell like lasers food and liquor too is fucking <laughs> insane
0: food lasers and liquor. was just Different for Lupe, but it wasn't
1: bad. It, Recovery for, was ass for Lupe. Okay, yes, I agree. I agree. TSU, we listen, man. We right here, bro. You can't see me, but the fingers they point. Me. We, we we on the same page. <laughs> the but what I'm what what I'm saying is what I'm saying is for Lupe Fiasco level of intelligence, intellect, and rapping ability, Lasers was bottom tier worst Lupe Fiasco album. Period. He did this man made tattoo in Youth. He did Meryl. He he wrapped Meryl eight minutes. Oh, <sighs> come on, man! That lasers was bad. It had none of the good records. It was it was it was it was bad, man. It was it was a not a great Lupe Fiasco album. But it sold well, and it was well, and I feel like it was well reviewed because it was commercially accepted. That's what I'm talking about when I say impact. Now we getting Now I'm getting down to the heart of it. We gave we give recovery, and we give. Things like laser, a lot of artistic credit when if you know Lupe and you know him and you know what was supposed to be on lasers. You heard Army Girl and motherfucking uh What You Want and the shit that I was waiting, the shit I was waiting to hear on that album and got none of it. Um, like you know on some artistic shit, even even Lupe concept-wise, this man um, like, what what is that? Gotta eat or whatever, like Concept-wise, Lupe Fiasco wasn't even all the way there, except for maybe um, All Black Everything. The whole album wasn't there concept-wise. It was just a bunch of, like, angry Lupe songs. I don't know. It was so weird. Fucking weird, dude. Didn't he needed this song with Trey, Trey songs, like, that poppy-ass girl, I want you now. Like, that shit was horrid. It was horrid. But it gets- I
3: actually like that song. Oh. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, come on, Russ. Come on, don't do me like that. I do, man. I do.
0: I man. I do. that. That track was
1: kind of dope. Oh my God! <laughs> this, is what, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. And like, but but <laughs> that's his shit. Look, at <laughs> He just started humming the baseline. But it, but but this but this but this often happens. Um, I think okay, another album that I wanted to speak on was The Bodyguard by Whitney Houston. Um, it was not really it's her album, but not really. It's a first of all best-selling soundtrack of all time. I think it's like 45 million copies. Um, 18 million copies in that in the U.S. It's one of the best-selling... Be, it's the best-selling soundtrack of all time. One of the best-selling albums of all time. Um, it had a couple... It had some amazing Whitney Houston songs. Uh, uh, what is it? Um, I Will Always Love You. Uh, what was the other one? You know the... Y'all know the songs I Will Always Love You and... Um, uh, what's the other one? Oh, my God. I was just... Hold on. I was just listening to this like last week. And this is part of the reason I um, stuck with doing this topic because I was wondering about this album. Hold on. Bodyguard. We're going to pull him up real quick. You did? Okay. So it had I Will Always Love You, I Have Nothing. I'm every woman. I love that I'm every woman. Like re- remix she did. It was a Shaka Khan song, but she did it for the, in the '90s, and it was like, had, had this like really cool like. Dun, dun, dun. You y'all know how the '90s sounded early, early on when it was Ooh, like yeah. real like pop music, like house club shit. I love that they put that spin on that song. I love that song, Loki, and um, um, Run to You. Like uh, these are all quality songs, but I just wonder. If the, the rest, those are only like the first, what, four songs on the album. This is a, a 12 track album, and then there's like the rest of the album, you know, goes on, and it's not really Houston, and it's just, eh, eh. I, I just wonder if that album went on to win Album of the Year ninety uh at the next, at the Grammys that year. So, I wonder, that's another thing where it's like, I wonder if people hold the album into high regard because if we're if we're doing ratios if we're like looking at the greatness of that album only through only like four songs of Whitney Houston like and the rest of it it like in terms of if we're doing running numbers if it's 12 songs on there or whatever and she did like she did five it's 12 songs on that over half the album is just eh, eh compared to Whitney Houston who did the standout shit on the album so but the album is regarded as the the, the best soundtrack of all time, how when over half the album is meh, and then you got the four or five songs with Houston it's like, whoa, shit, that shit cold, legendary. But that's less than half the <laughs> album. That's less than half the album. And so I think record sales tend to allow us to say, "Hey, this was a really good album." I understand people liking things and things being, but we gotta understand the best selling song of all time is a Happy Birthday song. <laughs> that is the 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 most. Um, I don't know who owns that piece of music, but whoever does is fucking rich because that song is, um, ac- uh, according to research, is the best-selling song because it has to, you have to you know, buy rights to say certain shit. And so that song in and of itself has been given out more times to, to people than any other song.
3: How- I think you're also um, missing the fact that it has to do with who, who's singing it to. Because right. I don't think if Whitney Houston hadn't sang all those songs and, and created that album... It would have been deemed the best out because you know because around that time Whitney Houston was was still like huge. Yeah, for so sure. Known, I think that yeah. also has kind of like a, a, an impact, if you will, yeah. uh, on the record sales <laughs> and how well a song does and how we coined it a classic. Because I know there's still people now, um, especially with this new um, WAP song um, that's <laughs> out, that people are comparing it to. Um, O-Head's talking about how um, Biggie's songs are um, just super classic and super great and stuff like that. And, I mean, I, I see the comparison and whatnot, but I still think both of those songs are terrible.
0: Which song are they comparing
3: it to? Them? The one, he was like, You Look So Good. I was like, Daddy Dick, that one. Uh, Why yeah. are they comparing it that? That, that weird-ass lyric, yeah. So, yeah. They're just Why? comparing basically how yeah. women rappers... Uh. Um when, when when they talk about their general area, everybody's like, come on now, you know, you can do better than that, but they always quoting this <laughs> the biggie shit. that's that's what the comparison was. But I'm like, both of those songs are terrible, so <laughs>
1: Man, I I actually like uh lap. I ain't gonna front my shit. Um maybe may i get snapped on that shit. But that's a whole nother we're gonna talk about that maybe next week, you're give, give it some time to mull over or something. Um but yes, I, I don't know, man. I just, I don't, and, and again, this is this is one of those segments where it's all just me just mulling over shit in my mind. Um, because again, you have shit like, you have shit like Reasonable Doubt and um, Illmatic. That shit every time, that shit every time, it doesn't make sense because impact-wise, we know what the fuck that is. We know, we know what them two albums did for rap. You know it. Um, but they sold like shit. They sold like shit in the beginning. Yeah. Um, Even dude, even even the firm by Nas, you know, firm was him, uh, A. Z., Foxy Brown, and um, Mm -hmm. Nature, and Dr. Dre, you know, dropped it on uh, Aftermath. It was one of the first releases from Aftermath Records, and Dr. Dre did the beats and shit. Man, that album cold. That album's fucking cold, but and it and it sold a million copies, and people still call it a flop to this day. Like they thought it was supposed they thought it was supposed to come out and sell. You know what I'm saying? five, six, out the gate. They thought it was supposed to be, you know, that, that's how big it was, you know, that's how big it was supposed to be. Um, so, it, those, 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 I've really been dog. I've really been listening to Nas heavy this last past, like, like all July and in, in this past week and shit, like dog. Um, that motherfucker really just, he's really just good, bro. Like concept wise and shit, like, um, he got a song on his album, his 99 album, um, called I Am. They had Hate Me Now shit on there. And I was like, <laughs> he, this, he has a song on there called Money Is My Bitch. And, I mean, it's not like, it's not, I, I don't know if it's the first time it was done in rap where they we niggas, you know, compare money to a woman. But the way he did it, like the way every every bar, there was no waste. There was, I look, this is what I look at when I'm talking about critical shit. There was not one wasted bar in that song. And I'm talking about he had the concept on, on lock. And it started to give me respect for him because rappers, I started to hear shit that I had heard in other rappers. I'm like, Nas has a song um, called Stigmata, which is one of my favorite. Or not Nas. Abso has a song called Stigmata, which is one of my favorite joints off his album um, these days. He says, I carried the cross. The Virgin Mary had an abortion that still be carried in the chariot by Stampede and Horse. That's a Nas line off of the song The Cross, which I didn't even know from Godson. That song's produced by Eminem, by the way, on Godson. And Nas came Ooh. in. The, I didn't even know that Abso was pick, picking up on you know shit that Nas was. You know what I'm saying? Like it just it just gave me respect because another uh, person who learned from Nas heavy is Lupe. Lupe always says Nas is the one. He and he has a song on "I Am" where he says something about my homie. She she sent the homie Snook G to see God. Basically talking about you know he got killed. And Lupe was always like. That's one that Lupe said this in multiple interviews. Like that's one of my favorite lines. He was like, I thought that was so dope that he didn't say he got killed. He said sent them to see God. Like it's the way Nas come with his shit, bro. Jay Z is an amazing, also an amazing lyricist, also an amazing like talent. Jay Z is definitely him and Nas can go bar for bar. Definitely top. Jay Z's top tier MC. Jay Z's up there with the, way, with the way he do his shit. He don't write his shit like Jay Z. All respect to Dog, but I don't think his Jay Z's concepts don't fuck with Nas's concepts. Jay Z will out. Jay Z could out rap Nas. If they had a battle or some shit. Like if they had, a, like if they had a face to face battle. If they had a face to face, like we just going head to head. But in terms of record
0: making, Jay-Z is Jay Z's more well rounded than Nas is. Jay Z can come up with a story. Jay Z can come up with a commercial hit. Jay Z can come up with something that you can vibe to, something that you that'll make you think, and that's what makes Jay Z
1: a better rapper than Nas. I don't oh, think, nice. I don't think, I don't think Jay Z got the, I don't think <laughs> Jay Z got the bar for bar ability. Like even okay, going back to Lupe, Lupe was talking about him and uh, King Los. Uh, okay, so Lupe, there's this little clip running around now. Him, him and um, Joe Budden last week were on Facetime with each other, um, and they were talking about you know Kendrick. Kendrick's a fan, or, or, or Lupe's a fan of Kendrick, but he. Feels like people nut hug Kendrick. He don't find Kendrick to be a top MC. He finds him to be a good rapper, but not a top MC. Wow. Um, so Lupe said so Lupe. He was joking one time and said logic's better than Kendrick, you know, because he was joking about it. But he he says, but he does think, you know. He was talking about King Los um being the better, the best rapper to him, King Los. And Joe Budden said, Lupe, stop it. Because Joe Budden's a Lupe fan. And he said, you made the cool. Stop it. You know?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And, mm-hmm. and Lupe was like, yeah. He was like, concept-wise, I'm a demon. But I, that was, But he was like, if, it's com- if it comes to form of rap, like just rapping for hours, having bars, uh, flow patterns, all that shit, he was like, King Lose is better than anybody. That's what it is with Jay-Z and Nas to me. Jay-Z is top-tier rapper. Jay-Z, is, in terms of rap, is up there with Eminem. I don't think Nas is gonna like bar for bar out-rap Eminem or Jay Z, but look at this. Look at Ether as a record. Nas made a record that that is better than Jay Z's record. Nas has made tons over all these albums. I've been listening. To, I've listened to every single Nas album over the last three weeks. Every single one, multiple times. I'm talking about. I'm talking about listening. That's
2: crazy because there's a lot.
1: <laughs> there is. That's what I'm telling you. I have so much Nas music on my on my brain right now. It's crazy. I could do a whole nice episode but I wouldn't give that to y'all. I don't want to do that to y'all. Anyways, that shit is, concept-wise, he never leaves an album without a concept. So I'm talking about, he got an album where it's called R- Rewind, uh, off a of motherfucking, uh, 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 what the fuck is that, what the album is that? I think it's still Magic, where he's the... Where he's the um, where he like rewinds the story to get you to how he got to where he's supposed to be. He got I gave you power oh, off of yeah. it. He got I gave you power off of it was written where he's talking from like the perspective of a gun. He got money's my bitch off of, off of I Am, where he's talking about money being his girl. Like this nigga concept-wise, that's where Lupe get it from. Like, I don't Jay-Z's the better, he gonna sell better, and he can he can rap bar for bar, I think, better than Nas. But he's not a better writer. That's what he's not a better story, he's not a better artist. Then Nas, he's not a better artist. He is I see T better... S being like that's because Jay Z doesn't write. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's that's <laughs> that's where I'm at. that's where I'm at with it. Like that's okay. This has nothing to do with our segment now. We got way off topic right now. But I just sorry. So I give it like an eight point
2: five.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, uh, but yes. So music. We're not talking about the lady of New York. We are not, we are not, that's not for this episode Okay, um Russell Prasety
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was the conclusion
1: though Oh, I think, well okay, I guess um,
0: Question was, um Does numbers or
1: Yes the record sales equal impact or something like yes so do, do record sales help to change the narrative of impact in terms of artistic uh credit we give we give artists how we look at it how how well something is in terms of a piece of music is that affected by record sales so again i was going over taylor swift and i think that her some of her shit might be looked at as better crafted than other shit because of record sales um and Whitney Houston's uh, Bodyguard soundtrack well, highly regarded as one of the best soundtracks of all time when over 60% of it is not Whitney Houston and it's not as good as those four or five songs that she did. Um, so I think that I don't even think I'm on one side or the other. Here's what I think. I think that it can. I think there are examples again with Jay-Z and Nas for debut albums Reasonable Doubt and, um, and uh, Illmatic. There are examples where we gon' give you the motherfucking credits you deserve, even if it don't sell. Those albums are highly regarded, um, you know, spe- especially Illmatic, especially Illmatic. Um, so I'm not gonna say it does or it doesn't. I just wanted to know how y'all feel because it's been, it's happened in history with Elvis. It's happened in history. I feel like with Taylor Swift. I feel like with uh, Whitney. I feel like with uh, Eminem and Lupe. It's happened because you know damn well. Of the shit that came out in 2010. It was some fire that came out in 2010. My Based
0: beautiful. Based on uh, the research that you provided us, it shows that record sales don't always mean impact. Okay. You can have an, a record that has awesome impact on the culture and the industry and whatever, but it ain't going to have the record sales. Then you're going to have the ones that have a lot of record sales, but the album is just ass. Yeah, man. Yeah, they don't. They're mutually exclusive.
1: Oh, what? Okay, one last before we get up out of here. Fuck it. I was gonna cut this out, because we had already got
2: one, this some
1: time. But little, <laughs> Lil Wayne, Lil Wayne, Carter Three. That's the last album I want to talk about before, before we get out of here. So, Lil Wayne, Carter Three. We love. Okay, we love Lil Wayne from a lot of stuff. Carter One, Carter Two, the shit he did with Hot Boys, the shit before they were using Cash Money. Um... People love Carter 3, but they, and they, because that's his best selling album. We love Carter 3, it's done numbers, um, and it, it touched a lot more people than other Wayne did prior. Except, we give Wayne his credit for what he's done, not off Carter 3. I don't think Carter 3 is what affected the culture for us in liking Wayne, as opposed to mixtapes. Dedication 1 2 3 The Drought the uh uh the Drought 1 2 and 3 uh, no ceilings after after Carter 3 but Carter 3 is held to high regard as his best piece of work when if you know Wayne it is quite possible that Carter 3 is not his best piece of work at all Carter 1 or Carter 2 could as an art piece of art could be better than Carter 3 I think Carter 3 was commercial I think Carter 3 Allowed him to go into that into that arena and play, you know, because of the numbers it did, it allowed him to go into the arena and play with the big boys, you know, in, in terms of impact that he gave to all people. But the culture of rap respects Wayne outside of that. But I think Carter 3 gets the most credit. This is the best Wayne thing. Because it sold the most. You also gotta look at Wayne and his team and what they were trying to do. They were trying to do that by getting him to be on people's features and all of that other shit. So it was just that album more than any other fucking album I'm gonna say in in my lifetime that album is timing that album is timing more than anything more than anything not to say it's a bad album but I don't think it's the best piece of the best piece of work Wayne has and I don't think that Carter 3 lyrically song wise impacted us from other shit but I think it gets credit as being his best album because it sold a million first week and that's what I mean when I say you know artistic impact and things like that um so,
0: yeah, they're mutually exclusive. Album sales do not have to directly correlate with impact of an album, based on the research that you've done and so evidence that you presented
1: us. So you don't, so you don't think that people give shit more credit based on the album sales?
3: But I no. think that's two different two different things. I think that's two different things because, like I said before, when you when you're defining impact, you really have to define it specifically because when you're talking about artistic value, we talk about um, um, impact as far as the culture as far as the art. Then you talk about the impact of record sales, the impact of people's opinion, the impact of reviews. There's different categories of impact that you really have to consider. And so you can't really just bunch that all together to one general thing of impact. Okay. Alright. Alright. I feel it. I feel it. Okay. Well, shit. Because right. I... when, um, when you go with Nas and you be like, yo, as an artist, as a storyteller, as a writer... His voice has impact in the hip hop culture to where people will say, if we had none else but that one album, we could rebuild rap. That's a different impact than um, he only sold this much because the fans only bought this much. That's a different, you know, that's a different side of impact. So there, there are many different types of, of impact. You gotta just you gotta specific, specify which one you're really trying to deal with.
1: Well, I, I like this conversation. This is a, kind of an open-ended one. Um, so we'll get back to albums next week. But everybody that fucks with us, uh, what do y'all think? I'm going to tweet it. I'm going to put it on, you know, in the Facebook. What do y'all think? Do you do? What do sales do for y'all in terms of, like, how they have you viewing a, a piece of artwork? You know what I'm saying? So, On, on, yeah, on that note, it's time for... Presody. Boom. 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 Russell Pro Russell Prosity. Boom. Boom <laughs>
3: Remix.
1: The Russell Pro Russell Prosity. No.
3: <laughs> oh
1: god damn it. I quit.
3: <laughs> 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 so funny enough, what I wrote down, um, because like I said, I was struggling with trying to find something to talk about this whole life. Oh this whole life, this whole week. <laughs> um <laughs> Coming from the whole impact thing is um, clarity. And so how do, we, how do we find clarity in all facets of our life? I'd um, like to
2: thank God for granting me this moment of clarity, this moment <laughs> of honesty.
1: Listen, it's the worst artistic rap rapper ever looking
2: at. <laughs> wow.
3: So do we seek clarity in our conversations? Do we seek clarity in our lives, in our relationships, in ourselves even? Um, and I kind of wanted to go through those different facets that I just named. It. Just kind of give us some things to think about, pose some questions. Uh, feel free to chime in, of course, because uh, this isn't some type Ding. of brochure. <laughs> this brochure. is um, a discourse. So um, in our conversations, do we seek to understand and to be understood? Because sometimes I know we we speak to get our point across and just further our own agendas, but do we really listen and internalize what is said back to us to build a better foundation within ourselves? And do we use that to strengthen our own platform or do, that, or do we use that to really find the truth and build upon that truth?
2: <clears throat> mm.
3: do, do we find ourselves only engaging in conversations we know that we can win if there's uh, an argument of sorts? or just to support our own way of thinking a perception? Or do we really allow ourselves to be vulnerable in those conversations to shake, like I said, the foundations of what we know or what we think we know about things to really learn something and really apply it to our conversations, our way of thinking, our lives?
0: I think it depends on the people that are having the conversation. For instance, if... um, Well, you and me are the... (coughs) Christians out of the group Mm -hmm. if we start chopping it up about God or something that we've learned in the Bible Cody and McCoy I hope feel comfortable (laughs) enough to listen and if they have a question jump in and be like yo well what about this or share an opinion based on something that we just said but they're comfortable around us they should be able to do that kind of thing on the other hand if um two other random people that were just as big as Christians or even bigger Christians, whatever, shared the same conversation and Cody and McCoy were around them, they may not be as uh, ready to jump into that conversation and share an opinion or ask a question or something because they don't really know them. So I think the point, not I think the point, the point that I'm saying is it depends on the conversation and the people holding the conversation to how vulnerable you will allow yourself to be in said conversation.
3: I think still even in that situation you just named, though, that them being um, kind of, quote-unquote, outsiders looking in or just being part of the conversation and just listening, they still would have their own questions Then they would go back to research and be like, well, what do I think about this? How does this fit with what I believe? And take the things that do mess with or they do agree with and then the other ones they just disregard. I think that's what we should be looking to do in our conversations, not necessarily the ones that we fully engage and participate in. Um, it goes back to that whole idea of being fair-minded, where we don't just be open-minded about things and be like, "Okay, yeah, that's a good idea," um, and then totally dismiss it, but really compare it to our own values and, and and our own perception and be like, "Yo, could this actually be something? I need to I need to to study more on this because oh. I don't have the solid foundation that I thought I did because." this new information may have presented something different.
1: Yo, this is, okay, this is real crazy that you you brought this topic up because this is actually something that I've been trying to get better at in my life. And um, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to say this. Um, the, over the last, over over time, not even in the last few years, but, um, you know, the idea of transsexuality and what that means, um has become a, a heated topic. Um, it's become something that's become more mainstream. It's, it's been a lot of you know, it's a lot of things surrounding transsexuality and and and, and uh, transgendered people and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. That that if you would have asked me five years ago about that shit, I'm shutting it down. And I'm and I'm, a, I'm and I'm okay with people saying that that was at that time it was closed minded, whatever. Like like there was a lot of just me like being like fuck that shit. I, and 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 I would be lying to you right now if i say i still didn't find some of it to be um you know odd or not even just odd just you kind of like damn that's you know de- dealing with dealing with ones you know mental health and things of that nature um i won't go off into that t- topic in detail what i will say is this due to uh, and shout out to my uh current girlfriend um she's been great at <laughs> kind of like helping the not even hopping on my ass about it, but us having real detailed, you know, conversation about what that is and what that means and what that looks like, and one thing that's been used in that conversation that made me think about myself, she was like, you know, a person can't tell me how I feel or who I, who I am within me, mm-hmm. and, and I thought about my name. Anybody who fucking knows me, who is close to, it, you, if you don't know me, you don't know my real name, first of fucking all, I want to be called <laughs> McCoy. I don't want nobody calling me my real fucking name, None of that shit, and I get like, uh, like niggas that know me, know I get upset because motherfuckers try. Like, if I give somebody my real name, they'll try to pull it and use that and be calling me that in public. And I'm like, bro, you know, you know, I don't. That's why I don't tell niggas my real name because motherfuckers think it's funny. And then I, then I'm ready to fight. Like, then I will be like heated. Like, stop, bro, stop doing that shit. Fuck that. Like, stop. So, (laughs) so, I thought about me and what I would like to be called and how I view myself. And I I had a motherfucker tell me, well, you know. Your real name is Flip, you know what I'm saying? Like you, that's just that's really you. You gotta embrace that. No, it is me, but I want to be called McCoy, motherfucker. Like that. Don't don't tell me that I'm not embracing. Myself. I'm all one entire human being, but this is the name I want to be called. And I just Ooh. thought that basic concept about putting it off on me and, and, and reflecting it in how I think I have to use that and reverse. Like, okay, if a person feels like wherever they whoever they feel like they are, he, she, them, her, you know, whatever. Whatever they feel like they are, that is their right for them to be like, I wanna be called this. And it was a basic right. concept. It's a basic concept of, of, of her saying, I deserve, you know, no one can tell me, you know, I've had feelings of who I am, you know, like no one can tell me who I'm supposed to be or whatever the fuck. Like us having these open conversations about one's feeling about themselves, not even on no sexual shit, is, mm-hmm. is, is you take that and transfer that and use that same energy. And it's like, damn, I can't even be mad if a motherfucker want me to call him her or her him because that's what they want to live in. Boom. That's not up it's to a, me. You know what I'm saying? It's a
3: point of respect. Yeah,
1: a point, it's a point of, of respect. And that's what it goes down to. Whether we agree or disagree on anything, this is politics, whatever the fuck, everything got to come down to a point of respect. There's no reason for you to, if you don't like uh, my race or whatever the fuck, you don't get to disrespect me. You know, you don't got to fuck with me, but, right. but you got to allow me to be me. You know what I'm saying? And that's what... That's right. These types of conversations that's 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 when you really need to be listening to be oh, not you know, like I'm like you said, uh, what is it, fair minded? Like, you need to be listening yeah. to, to you need to be listening to gain that because we a lot of times it is, the truth is we listen. And we be ready to combat like like hip hop. Bro, it's hard for a I to come in and convince me about hip hop. Because I'm, I'm finna I'm finna pull out my little fat I'm finna put out my little my little notebook fat sheet and be like, well this nigga sold this in nineteen ninety nine, nigga like you know what I'm saying? Like we finna do we finna have that game. This nigga said this in eighty in eighty seven. He said break down, my can't go hat. Like I'm finna come with that. It's so it's it's hard. It's hard, <laughs> it's hard for me to do that when it comes to rap, but I think in life we need to start having those moments where we reflecting and where we really like damn would I like it if a motherfucker I, I, it took it took a simple thing like my name for me to be like damn I would hate it if a motherfucker would keep doing I hate it when a motherfucker keeps doing that yeah. I just want to be known as this so just call me this and that's as simple as that and you start to find yourself connecting with shit that you never thought you would connect with you know what I'm saying so right.
3: Well, what I wanted to say regarding that um, is um, I've run into um, a few people who um, are either in the process of transition or I've already transitioned. And, you know, they give you their breakdown of what they want to be called and and whatnot. And you do it out of respect because it's like, you know, um, because I would want you to call me by what I prefer. Um, The thing that I think gets a lot of people up in arms is... The generalization of each individual group, not necessarily just, um, transgender people, um, those who are homosexual, those who are asexual, who are pansexual, who, um, identify with whatever they identify. It's that there's so much generalization between the groups and then between other groups outside of just the, the gender, um, identification and the sex identification, um, those who are, um, identified by their religious affiliation, those who are identified by their race, um, we have these generalizations that are still keeping us divided and keeping us um, from being able to really respect and treat each other um, with love uh, that's causing so much friction. Um, it doesn't make sense for me to be able to respect person of their pronouns and the moment I mention what I believe as far as faith, they treat me a certain way. Um, I get it that you've had terrible experiences with people in the past who have said they are a member of this faith and instead showed you their humanism. Um, but don't treat all of us the same way because that is what your cry is and that's what you're doing to everyone else. What I like about you, TS, um, is that no matter what somebody says or what somebody puts out there, you will play devil's advocate because <laughs> of your own interest, because of your own entry, because that's how your personality is. And what I like about that... people. <laughs> what I like about that is that it always presents a different perception or perspective um, to allow people to, well, yeah, I didn't think about that. Okay, yeah. But it also gives them something to think about to really solidify their foundations and what they're trying to say.
1: Man, fuck um, that nigga. He like Jay-Z. Nah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but that's where the clarity <laughs> in our conversations... <laughs> Kind of comes through. So let's go ahead into the next one and go to relationships. Let somebody else have something to say. All right. Uh, so then, well,
0: for the record, okay. I, I don't, I don't think I purposely try to play devil's advocate. I just be trying <laughs> to understand what's going on. So I might, I just be asking questions, dog. It don't be trying to pick <laughs> nobody up on purpose. It's like I'm
2: just trying to understand. Bro. <laughs> so your actions but are written. What if Zeran got it?
3: But your understanding is, is it always comes from the other side of things. So it's like, not, not saying you intentionally try to trip a people up, but it's, it's really just like, well, what about this? Got it. I got it. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. Then we move on. type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So relationships. In our relationships, do we see clarity? Um, whether we're talking about our more intimate relationships, girlfriend, wives, spouse, um, life partner, Um, or in our friendships, do we seek to bring our full selves to the relationship and allow our partner and friends to do the same? Do we even know who our full selves are in order to bring it to the relationship? Um, do we hold these people in our lives hostage to the ideas we have, um, as to what friendship is, or do we allow them to be human, to change, to evolve, to de-evolve, um, as we only think of the upper rise and not the downward fall for people? Um, or do we also allow them to be and support our growth just the same way as we try to, to be and support their growth? Do we encourage them to go their own way without judging them, um, but also holding them accountable and responsible for the direction in which they've avowed, um, And do we encourage them to do the same for us? Um, a lot of times in our friendships, we want to push and support and, you know, you said you was going to do this for our friends, but we get real offensive in our chest when they try to do the same for us. And I don't think that's having that, that clarity in relationship to be one-sided that way.
1: Yeah. I think that that's... That's the most toxic thing is like when a motherfucker um, can't take the... like. You can not You can dish it, but you can't take it. You know what I'm saying? And that can be in relationships. That can be in friendships, whatever. You can't offer your opinions on somebody's opinion or life or decisions if you can't accept them offering theirs on yours. Um, Right. And I think that 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 to me is some of the most toxic shit. Um, If you can't, you know, it's a two-way street on everything um, thus it being a relationship and I feel like, you know, some people will be like, I'm going to be, you know, some people expect you to give, 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 and then when it's their turn to give, don't want to give. You know what I'm saying? And and so I I think that it's not a relationship. It, it's really just a hypocritical, um, a hypocritical like burden, if you will, as opposed mm-hmm. to an actual relationship. If you can't, if I can't come to you, how you come to me and everything. Right. So.
3: All right. Do we share, and I mean share as in um allow the back and forth uh, back and forth uh transition or transaction or connection or whatever you want to call it, um share our life experiences and knowledge with each other to enrich in the relationship?
0: No, with- fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs>
3: And not just with our friendship <laughs> with our partners, do we also hold the same way of thinking. Um, we often hear about being one in relation, especially if you've, uh, if you've heard the Christian side, or even um, there's um, different um, Buddhism and, and Taoism and, and um, uh, other re- uh, religious um, directions that where we believe that there is a oneness when you become committed um, but do we also still promote and still allow the, invi- uh, the individuality of our partner? Um, and seek to discover more about them. Um, there are instances where people have relationships and they expect their partner to be one way and never change, uh, and not allowing them to freely be themselves.
1: That is, it's it, that can be that can get rough too. That can get rough because you don't want to see you know um i won't say any names i i I've, I've had a couple of friends okay so everybody knows you know dope dope danny i've had a couple of friends who don't you know travel that mm-hmm. go down that road anymore and mm-hmm. i had to come to i actually had to come... and this is multiple friends this is multiple people that i know and i had to come to terms with because you like it they might not like me because i've i've had really good good time being fucked up with some certain friends and, mm-hmm. you know, when they didn't do it anymore, I was like, damn, i never get that chance to, like, me and a nigga never gonna chop like that again. How we was, like, really, like, cool and they were just riding through the fucking city, fucked up, just bumping music. We'll never, we can do it, but it won't be in the manner of what what it was, which is my favorite state, you know what I'm saying? So, that, mm-hmm. I, I, that honestly, um, and again, this is, this is not a one, no one friend. This is actually happened with about three people that I know, that I know. Um, uh so it 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 can be hard but you have to let people that you love grow around you and if i can't accept them how what type of friend am i because they can still accept me i've had those friends and i still get high around they don't even like nah you good bro you know what i'm saying i still pop right. my little shit get fucked up in front of the nigga and he's like oh i'm i'm i'm, I'm off that you can do what you do just come hang with me i'm like right. that you know what i'm saying how can i not have love for a motherfucker like that you know what i'm saying so, right. that, but it can, it can be rough, man. It can be rough when people change and you like, damn, don't... And it, they be changing for the better, damn. I'm not, gonna, right. I'm not gonna knock it and say, you know, if you do drugs, you're like a horrible human being and no shit like that, because, hey, me. But <laughs> but some some people can't do it and sustain health and shit. Like, some people doing it can't, like, you know, take breaks. Or some people really be, like, addicts to the point where they can't... Where, you know what I'm saying, where you gotta, like, sell shit to get shit. Yeah. It'd it, it, it be... Yeah. next level and I've had friends who've come out of that and it's like damn you know what I'm glad you don't do that no more but I'm gonna miss my nigga my nigga from you know a year or two ago we was you know you know so yeah man it's 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 it's, growth isn't allowing people to grow around you is important in any relationship man for for sure for sure and and
3: and my my thing is um, okay, so we don't do the same activities that we used to anymore. Does that necessarily have to kill the vibe? You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, does that necessarily have to kill the, the same energy we used to have when we we're together? Um, because I think those are just enhancements to the to the moment. Yeah. And for you, it's it's just like a hobby type of thing. Uh, for them, it it was something that might have been a soul destroying or mind wrecking experience right. but it doesn't necessarily mean that um, the vibe between you two has to um, has to necessarily change right. the activity most certainly but yep, yep. the vibe like you just said it's, it's still there and it's still that same connection that same um, that same energy and same familiar um, feeling
1: yeah for sure and I and then and in that same in that same vein I've had friends who come off it and I've watched them become like fucking so much better versions of themselves and, mm. and just become so at peace and so you know what I'm saying so tranquil and I'm like damn you used to be damn near high he was always trying to <laughs> you was doing certain shit right. ready to fight niggas. And now I was like, yep. okay bro I see I see you and I respect and I respect it more than anything, you know, so yeah, for sure. For sure. If the vibe if the vibe changes then if the vibe changes then we wasn't really niggas. What it was, we was connected on some on some on some let's get, you know, fucked up shit. And I don't never want that to be ever a thing that I'm connected to somebody with. Because, you know, right? What is, what is what is that? That's so minuscule. That's so bad. Like, I don't want to be connected to somebody because, hey, I know you got to plug this one. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's horrible. Right, so. right, right. All, right.
3: All right. well, do we listen to and really listen to our partners to ensure we are truly hearing them and understanding their concerns, needs, desires, and ambitions? Do we stifle them in fear of the unknown? Do we stifle ourselves in order to maintain the status quo due to the fear of how this may change the relationship or how it changes how we see them or they see us? Are we really clear in what we really want in a relationship? And are we really clear in what we expect in the relationship? Um, I think that's um, something that I know in the past that I was not sure. uh, It was just like, yeah, I just need to get into a relationship. I just need to do this. I just need to do that. Um, But it was like, what do I really expect out of this relationship? What am I really looking for? Um, How does this fit with the rest of my life? Because, you know, the relationship should be a forward-thinking process. It should be thinking about how this connection is going to continue into the future, not necessarily where it's going to take me or it's just a vehicle to get where I need to go, but that this relationship is a connection that I'm planning to foster and to grow and to strengthen um, along the way.
0: I think with any relationship that you value, you're going to put in the time, you're going to ask the questions that you should ask, you're going to try to make sure that the other person is good, that person's going to... Make sure that you're good. Any relationship that you value, you're going to put the necessary work in in order to either maintain or strengthen it. Ideally, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> the questions that you're asking, are we asking those questions for the people that matter? Yeah, we're asking. For the people that don't, fuck them. <laughs> right, right, yep. yep.
3: <laughs> right, right, right. All right, and then finally, in ourselves. Uh, do we really seek to know ourselves deeply? Not just the surface interview bullshit that we give other people, but a real deep, painful, scary look inside ourselves to know who we are. And are we okay with that? Because a lot of times we dig deep and we look inside and <laughs> we're not okay. Uh, we're not okay with what we find. And are we prepared to lose who we think we are in order to find out who we actually are? Um, I think that's a very difficult thing to do at times. And sometimes it's forced upon us, depending on our circumstances in our life, uh, where we find ourselves. We really have to dig deep and be like, yo, I don't like how this has turned out. I don't like the things that I seem to be doing and seem to be saying. They don't seem to mesh with who I am. And, you know, this persona that we kind of fabricate and, and put front... Uh, For for the world, are we brave enough to fully allow all the facets of ourselves to manifest and be visible by the world? Are we fearful of losing this mask we wear? And what exactly does holding on to this mask do for us? And how much is it honestly holding us back?
0: Yeah, Yeah, no comment on the self-reflection thing. I'm uh, (laughs)
1: a... <laughs> let me play devil, devil's advocate T.S. do you no, looking at us oh,
2: <laughs> oh he I, deserves it come on <laughs> I, I don't
1: know I, I feel like I've been talking a lot this by so I, I'm okay so
3: <laughs>
1: so I'll continue <laughs> I one thing that I've pract- what the fuck is that doorbell Um, One thing that I've practiced a lot. You're chiming in. um, In my life. (laughs) So, in my life from, especially starting at about age 20. Mm -hmm. Which is right around the time I really, really started rapping. Like, for real. Like, age 20. Age 20, 21. I started to stop. Like, I started to force myself. Even though I was scared, I started to, like, force myself to not give a shit. You know? Mm -hmm. About people's opinion. And I've continued to do that almost to a fault throughout my 20s. Um the, to the point where I don't really don't fuck with authority because the more you tell me I shouldn't be doing something, I promise you I'm going to do it. I promise you it's going to happen. <laughs> I promise you. So it's in your best interest to not be like you need to be because I'm like, "Oh, I do." Because guess what I'm not doing? Um and so I think uh, in terms of what people think about me, I don't I really don't. And I think a lot, of people, a lot of people say that and they're lying and i think as i've gotten older i started to notice there i think we all get embarrassed we all get it i get it is when it comes to embarrassment i'll make a fool of myself quicker than the average human being but i'm still afraid of embarrassment
3: mm-hmm.
1: and i think that's what i've had to come to i had to come to terms with that uh there's certain there's certain shit about me that i don't want people to know um right and i fight myself about that because i'm like do you really do you care because the one thing i don't want is to care but it's just certain mm-hmm. shit that i'm like i don't i just don't want that out there cuz it's it's easier for me to not give a fuck if i know that's what it's easier for me to, for me to not give a fuck if i know y'all not going to have the info you could make up some shit but i'm like fuck ass nigga you made that up like <laughs> it's not going it's going to hurt if it hits home it's going to hurt if it's real you know what i'm saying
3: right
1: right you know so that's I I try to and I think I do a I think I do a pretty good job of not giving a shit, but mm-hmm. there are things that there is a mask even if the mask is thin just even if the mask is a motherfucking uh some people wearing full Halloween getups and some people mm-hmm. wearing the clear joints that you see on Steaded Off and some people just wearing a thin ass uh, uh a stocking cap over their face where you see them but it's blurring <laughs> out some shit I got the stocking cap mm-hmm. on I got I try to have the stocking cap on I don't want. I don't want the full werewolf mask because some of you niggas is not you niggas. <laughs> um, so yeah. that, that's...
3: that's we always sp- talk about how people are weird. So,
1: yeah. yeah, exactly. They, they Halloween all year. That's weird as fuck, bro. Even on Christmas, you Halloween. What the fuck going on, bro? So <laughs> that's, the, that's, that's where I'm at with it. I think we all wear it. We all... Because it's just something, something you can't... You can, get, you can get most of my visual, but you can't mm-hmm. get the whole... You know what I'm saying? I got the thin stocking cap on where you know it's a nigga up on here. You see me. But you don't <laughs> you know But that's it though.
3: Oh, but but I mean, you know, the, the fact that you recognize that it's a match, I think is part of the step of being honest with yourself. I and mean, there's there's things in all of us that we don't want to share and then honestly we don't need to share. Um the thing about what I'm talking about as far as how is it honestly holding us back, um a friend of mine a couple six or seven years ago, um, said to me when we were out in public that, yo, dog you embarrass easily, you know? That's... You know, and he said it, like, for a man, you embarrass easily. And it really hit... hit me hard, like, damn, do I... do I, like, instantly get embarrassed? Is, this, is there something that I feel like I'm a fraud about or something? Like, why do I, like, in... in, in, a, in public settings when around certain people, why do I hold back? What is, what is this doing for me? Why, you know, because it seems like it's doing nothing but um, being harmful to um, the conversations I'm trying to foster, um, the relationships I'm trying to build, the connections I'm trying to make. How is this helping me at all? Um, It's holding me back from um, going forward in businesses, applying for those promotions, applying for those jobs, um, going back to school, getting healthier. It's, it's holding me back from a lot of stuff um i thought she was playing a song at first i'm like oh, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's a and so um i really had to like look inside myself and be like yo okay so i got low self-esteem in this area i got low self-confidence in this area um and there's a lot of things that i had to really accept about myself even with um in when in dating and The people that I were dating, they would tell me certain things about me and be like, "Yo, that you need to like realize that you this and that you and that you really need to believe that." And it pulled me out of who I thought I was, um, and really started started me on the path to knowing who I really am. Um, It also allowed me to be able to tell people no, because that was another thing that I had a hard time doing because of the mask. Because I figured I had to help everybody, I had to you know do everything I can. And that's honestly also a sort of bondage, and in the church they call it witchcraft, um, holding people and manipulating them because of their faith, Um, saying, well, you know, you need to, and you need to. And even the Bible goes and says, you know, all things are lawful, but all things are not expedient, meaning I can do all things, but I don't necessarily have to do all things. Um, And so really studying and really finding myself and really trying to present the best representation of who I am instead of trying to be a best representation of who I think I am really allow me to acknowledge the mask, really see how much it is holding me back, and also to understand what it does for me. So there's times that I can use the mask for my own self-care needs uh, to push people away so that I can take care of myself because that's a, nece- that's a necessary thing. You can't help people if you yourself are in a position of needing so much help.
0: Facts. You can't give the shirt off your back if you
3: ain't got it yourself. Right. Because I'm giving a Um. <laughs> so, to kind of wrap things so up... <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer
0: right. would appreciate
3: that. Oh, my. I knew you were thinking <laughs> something messed up. <laughs> All the guts, all right. Um, <laughs> all the guts. Got yeah. support. TS of the Gaudi family. <laughs> mm-hmm. family. Um, So, self, uh, seeking clarity in all facets of life, um, I think should be a partial goal. I don't think it's the full goal, as there are other things that are more important as far as defining who you are, finding who you are. Um, But definitely seeking clarity in all facets of life should be something that we all strive to do. Um, Learning how to be present uh, in the conversation, in our relationships, and in ourselves. Um, Learning how to um, seek understanding and seek to be understood. Um, Not just going through the conversation and being on autopilot and auto-response. Um, as that that doesn't provide any clarity anywhere. Um, In our relationships, allowing for the humanism of our partner, as well as seeking to be fully human in the relationship, as I believe that's the best way to to really grow together and to be on one accord. Um, And then within ourselves, seeking that clarity to really know who we are, to understand who we are, to accept who we are, to face who we are, and to manifest who we are instead of living in our own um, ideal realm. Because usually holding on to ideal things um, leads to suffering. Um, And so being real and being present and being able to, to really face and to allow criticism and to rise from that, I think, really should be the direction that. Uh, we should go. Um, to thine own self be true. Amen.
1: Say, lot. Amen.
3: Speaking of amen. Speaking of oh man. Yes. <laughs> of, oh, man.
1: <laughs> Actually, no
0: fucked up stories this week. Actually, we're going to get a fantastic story this week.
3: Oh man. Okay. Speaking <laughs> of <to>, oh man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, and actually this comes straight out of uh, From a person straight from Milwaukee uh, There's a If this is the story I think It is Kamika House And um, she created a fund Called the Snack Sack Where she <laughs> collects donations used to send Snacks, hygiene products, and other Basic necessities to families struggling Financially during this COVID-19 pandemic and mm-hmm. she doesn't only um, support the people here in Milwaukee. She's from Milwaukee. But she uh, somehow got this to go nationwide. Oh,
2: she nationwide, sent, nationwide is on your
0: She sent a stack, sacks to 600 families across 30 states since yeah. launching in April after school shut down. Let's go. 600 families since April. It's only August, and she reached Six hundred something not families, thirty states. Um, let's see, there is some number in here for uh, how much she has raised. this in definitely in the thousands of dollars. Oh, what? What's it? Now, what's her name?
3: Kamika. Kamika House.
0: Yeah, Kamika House. Yep, she raised. Let's see, she started at the grassroots. Blah blah. blah raised eight thousand dollars. Then moved to different platforms like Cash App, Venmo, and PayPal. And in all, she raised over thirty thousand dollars.
1: Let's go, Kamika. Let's go. Do that shit, girl. What's
0: yeah. up? Uh, families who participate fill out a wish list form with items up to fifty dollars, and nobody is denied. And they—you um, don't have to meet whatever requirements in order to sign up for her snack sacks. Uh, you sign up, and she does her best to honor the list as. Best as possible, and then you'll get something sent out to
1: you. Man, so,
3: that's dope. That's yeah. really cool.
1: I think, uh, TS, <laughs> I think we should post this one in the group for sure. So. Uh,
0: yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Got to highlight our own people here in Milwaukee, and yeah. especially somebody
1: doing something as beautiful as she is doing. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, for sure. Shout out Kamika. We appreciate you. So. Yeah. Huzzah
2: on three. Uh, One,
1: two, three.
2: Huzzah. huzzah. Huzzah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) On the topic of uh, digging people out of rocky situations, the fun fact of the week is uh, the man who found the 5,000 year old corpse, Atsi, in the ice, Atsi the Iceman, in 1991, was found dead, frozen in ice in 2004.
2: Looking for more bodies?
0: Lord, I, well, I, I don't know. I didn't look him up because they didn't give me a name. They just—it's just, it's just a fun still fresh.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if uh, he was also found in the exact place that he found that Iceman. I don't know. That, that'd be kind of
2: creepy. You honestly, know, like,
0: you know, what's crazy,
2: crazy. That's creepy. He'll probably get the cold shoulder.
1: <laughs> look <in> the,
2: uh, <laughs>
3: huzzah! Uh, hey, that.
1: Um. <laughs> you know what I think is funny? I, I mean, I clearly don't know my science, but I'm a, so I'm gonna deviate from science right now. If a motherfucker is alive and frozen, how come we can't just unthaw them and un- go back to n- like normal? Like, no, okay,
2: just me. I feel
3: well, like it. It, it depends on how. I too have seen goes. Austin Powers. <laughs> <laughs> it, it depends on how the freezing occurs. Um, right now, I'm not sure we have the technology to really do that. Um, like cryogenically freeze people and, and revive them because um, your, your, your organs really shut down. Okay, so if you thaw yeah, them, that doesn't yeah, right. necessarily mean the right. blood will start pumping and the heart will come back. Right, because so,
2: yeah. if that's the stuff case... too, because we're warm-blooded and I know frogs are, or amphibians that are cold-blooded can freeze themselves, but they're still, like, awake or mm. alive. Really? That's yeah. freaky. That's
3: a
0: freaky Yeah, name. there's... It, there's still studying and stuff being done for... I think it's called cryogenesis...
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: The science and study behind freezing people and then thawing them out after X amount of time to see if they can still live, and there are people that are donating millions of dollars and paying millions of dollars or whatever to get themselves cryogenically frozen
1: to be unthawed sometime in the future. I would absolutely sign up for that.
2: I would volunteer Trump to get frozen.
1: I would. I would totally. Say, if I knew. If I knew in a hundred years I could be unthawed. Cause I just I'm curious as to what the fuck are we gonna be doing in a hundred years, you know, like.
2: <laughs> you wake up to more rioting, like oh. Right, well, you're still at it. <laughs> it's the fucking book of Eli and shit, like. <laughs> God damn it! Put yeah, me back in back the back freezer. Right.
1: give me another, give you me another, me. All your friends,
0: you'd be losing all your friends and your family. You wake up a hundred years and you're a complete stranger and alone and you don't know shit about shit. <laughs>
2: if I know McCoy he would just freeze himself till payday
1: (laughs) (laughs) dead ass literally (laughs) oh man y'all funny yeah
0: but that's the fun fact of the week and that is episode 74 of not politically correct it's the homie T.S. a.k.a. C. Nova you know I gotcha and you can find me on Twitter at C Nova K P Z
1: McCoy you know what it is. It's your boy McCoy, aka Mr. What It Do, aka Young Splash God, aka Hip Hop Harry. <laughs> and you can find me on uh, Twitter, really, pretty much on Twitter at McCoy and on Snapchat at Rumacoy Rebel. I'm going to get back into Snapchat for y'all because you know I fuck with y'all. Cody.
2: Been in here now. City Record. On everything. On a silver platter. On God. Look at that.
3: Uh, Russ, the barman. Sadie Russ. words Q for gender: Russ the bus. You can find me on the chatty of snaps. That's the snapchatiest. Hey. And at IG at Candy candycubility. C-A-N-D-I-D underscore C-P-I-D-I-T-Y. Bye! Hey,
1: man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And on that note, though, <laughs> gang.